It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello. Hello. We are, <laughs> we are so international today that you're in London and I'm in LA. Yes. I know. What are you doing Such in London? Jet setters. I'm in London for three days. I'm attending Royal Ascot. By the time this comes out, I will have attended Royal Ascot for work. I'm very excited because I might be seeing, or probably will be seeing, Kate. a trio. Yeah. Kate, Megan, and the Queen. Yeah, I wonder if Megan <laughs> will three. go. Yeah, I wonder if she will as well. I think because she went to Trooping the Colour, she might go. Yeah. But Trooping the Colour is like, I didn't even realise it's like the Queen's birthday celebration. Oh, really? She has like yeah, 50,000. And do you know I was at the um, markets in... <laughs> <laughs> what she does she has so many birthdays it's like i know oh. she's so greedy um i was at the markets in london and these and these like weird military heli- helicopters flew over and we were like what the fuck's going on and then um the planes flew over and then my friend hannah who like just does could not care less about the royals was like oh it'll be some like royal thing and then i was like Oh my god, it's sweeping the she colour. Looks back and you're just running in the direction of the <laughs> I literally was like I literally was like, Oh my god, Hannah, it's trooping the colour. And she was like, What the fuck is that? <laughs> Let's go. Well, I saw it. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm kind of excited. I was like, I'm looking at the same planes as Megan is right now. Exactly. It's so similar. In the same city. Yeah. In the same city. But I was like trying to like same Hag- husband. Haggle for a leather jacket at a market while she's like in Givenchy. <laughs> also, how cute was that picture that they posted for Father's Day today? Yes, yeah, so cute. Royal. So cute. Little Archie. Babies just aren't that cute when they're that young though. He's, I, I think he's pretty cute. They look like aliens. I like, it was such a Megan post. 
like the the wedding ring. I know, and it's like sepia, but like sepia, like a Kelvin filter. <laughs> so bad. Why is she so like 2012 with her Instagrams? I know. And it's how she always pig. puts the borders. I know. I haven't even looked at it properly, to be honest. She loves it. It's really cute. Sussex. Oh, and there's a little wedding ring. I know. Yeah, I mean, it is quite cute. Little Archie. Um, but, yeah, so I'm here for a few days and, yeah. Have you got your outfit sorted? I do. There's a, the style code is 36 pages long. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's, like, either written by or, like, a hand approved by the queen, like, every line of it. It's crazy. It's, like, your hat has to have a 10-centimeter base. You can't wear a fascinator or a headband. Your dress has to have straps that are one inch or thicker. You have to wear something, like, X amount of inches below the knee. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really intense. And there's all the pe- like all the people – are stationed outside to say no to you if you're not matching it. What the fuck? That's yeah, crazy. It's super, it's super intense. So yeah, people crazy. like just normal people can't go? I think they can. I think people spend – I think it's a bit like Australian racing season because they have like a ladies' day and a family day and a thing day um, and people I think can buy tickets and spend all year like working on their outfits, but everyone has to adhere to the the style guide. Made me think about how intense it must be for Meghan Markle. Like I know sometimes you make fun of her, but like walking into that all of a sudden out of nowhere when you're just a kind of normal person, yeah. for every single event you go to yeah. must just be so insane. And just, there's all these unspoken rules about like colors and not clashing with people, and it must just be a minefield. Just even learning like <laughs> even learning how to address the queen properly like when to curtsy it was so cute remember that video when um they were i feel like it was at trooping the color the year before and um megan like looks at harry to figure out when she should um curtsy and he goes and he mouths now you can see it on a video (laughs) and then she curtsies it's so cute that's so cute um so i've moved into my new little house in la and now I'm getting a visual of it. Is that a humidifier in the corner? I see. It's like a um, aircon because it's so fucking hot. Oh yeah. Um, and it's so weird. Like there's like pink curtains, which I'm like all about. And then when because I'm subleasing from this girl who's gone home for the summer, and it's like this cute little West Hollywood house. And um, she was just like, yeah, um, the shower's also cool. <clears throat> it's got an ensuite, and she was like, the shower's also cool because when you're in it, it like lights up like a disco. And I was just like, what? And then I got in the shower last night and it was literally a disco. Heaven. It was so weird. Like coming out of like where the water comes out was just all these different colors. I was like, oh, I can't relax. <laughs> it was so it's really hectic. bizarre. Yeah. And you just like can't turn it off. I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like the best area ever. So Glossier is literally, I can like see it from my house. And I, there were people just lining up down the streets yesterday and my american flatmate was like yeah everyone's fucking nuts <laughs> i know that was me when i was there yeah well like i, I was just... like the whole time i was like i hate myself 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 and then as i walked out i was like yeah I had a yeah once you're selfie. in you're just like i don't even give a shit <laughs> i lined up again inside to get the canyon selfie it's yeah. so humiliating i'm gonna do that but she was just like let's just go like during the week like obviously i was like okay even though i like just wanted to go 
<laughs> she was like, it's right Fine. beside our house. Like, it's close I know. to the I was supermarket. Like, I was, like, sweating in the hot sun. Yeah. On my own. Yeah. With, like, 50 teenagers around. I was like, what? who am I? It's just the furthest thing from anything I would normally do. But Yeah. And then, like, I, just, I took her. So we literally just met. And I was like, yeah, like. I was like, let's go somewhere chill for dinner tonight because I can't spend too much money. And then we went to the real, real, like how the, I how they have a store here. And um, we went in, and I was just like, I'm gonna buy the Celine handbag. And she's like, what? <laughs> she's like holding your arms back. She's like, she was literally like, you've like lost your mind. Um, I know. And then we went into the row because the real, real looks the real, real is look looks really rough online. Yeah. And then you go to the store in Melrose, and it's like beautiful and you're like oh this is actually quite it's literally the nicest store i've ever seen experience yeah it's apart amazing. from the row which has a fucking pool in it oh my god and um we went in and literally like we walked in and we were just like i don't know exercise gear like not looking nice and um the security guy was like following us around and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then it happened to me at Mew Mew while i was on my a break at work yeah and then she um <laughs> She pulled up her phone to take a photo because it's like beautiful. Like the pool, there's a fucking pool in there. And um, yeah. he goes, No photos, ma'am. And then she was like, Oh my God, we have to leave. Like, this is so embarrassing. And I was like, Yeah, this is really embarrassing. And so we like went to walk out and he followed us. He was, she didn't realize he was following us out. And then she was like, Fuck this, I'm taking a photo. And she turned around and he was behind us. And she had her, <laughs> she had her camera out and he was just like staring at us. And she, we like had to sprint away. He literally like walked you back home to your apartment. Yeah. And was like, <laughs> yeah. stay here. So I'm like never going back Ever. into the row ever. But then I was like, maybe I'm going to go back in and like just make it my mission to take a photo and just go all in all like Leonardo DiCaprio style. Mm. Like hoodie, or glasses. <laughs> like running. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could be a celebrity, you don't know. Yeah. Um, um, what else? What and else? then, um, oh, what was I going to tell you? Oh, yeah. And then my flatmate, she's just got, like, the funniest stories ever because she's just, like, lived here forever. So she was just, like, we went to a comedy show last night and she was, like, Lady Gaga was here last week. And then she was, like, yeah, like, Leo was at the bar I was at yesterday. And then she was, like, um, talking about how she met Pamela Anderson. (laughs) And she was, like, yeah, she, like, because she, like, sort of works in the industry. So she met her through work. And she was, like, yeah. Then she was just, like, am I pretty? (laughs) And... Yes, Pamela. Yeah, and my housemate was like, "Um, yes, like you're pretty." And then she was like, "It was kind of tragic, but whatever." (laughs) I was like, "Fuck, (laughs) so good." Oh, heaven! I've interviewed Pamela before. Yeah, I know she's the best, isn't she? She is the best in the whole world. Did you do any reading or anything on the plane? I did. There wasn't very good movies on the plane, so I just read. I read um, Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl by Carrie Brownstein, who I mentioned last week because she's in Portlandia. And I had her book already, but I just hadn't read it. And she is one-third of the band Slater Kinney, who I'd like kind of heard of but hadn't really listened to much of their music. And now I'm just obsessed with them and with her and think she's like the coolest human being who's ever lived. She's just so cool and nonchalant and chilled in the book that I was like, oh, is this band just like a low-key band that's not really a thing? 
because she was so casual about everything. Mm. But then she was like, and then Time Magazine named us the greatest rock band in America. And I was oh, like, my what? God. Like, and then Eddie Vedder came up to us at a concert and was like, meeting you and Corinne is like meeting Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. And I was like, what? And um, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam like opened for them for their final show because he was so obsessed with them. What They're like the this fuck? weird, in-the-know, cool, all-girl rock band. That's so and cool. She, she writes – I think you'd really like her book. She writes a lot about um, how frustrated she would get at how every time they were interviewed it would be like, oh, why did you form an all-girl rock band? Oh, that's cool. It's an all-girl rock band and how there was kind of this annoying novelty in girls playing guitar and how they felt – they almost overcompensated and how amazing they were to so they could never be accused of being a novelty female rock band or something like they became mm. really conscious of that because people made it such a thing which i think is really cool and then she talked about how she dated the other girl in the band and she hadn't told her parents the other girl hadn't told her parents that they were gay and an uh, interviewer outed them in their first ever interview that they did. Oh, my God. And they God. hadn't even discussed it in the interview or anything. They didn't think anyone knew about it. And this guy just wrote in the piece, yeah, they dated for a while, but I think they've broken up now. And both of their parents called them and were, like, really upset about it. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty awful. Yeah, that's – how does he even know? He just, like, heard through the grapevine and then put it in an article. Oh, my God, that's so rude. Super gross, yeah. And then the whole last chapter was about her pets, like about her two cats and two dogs and her relationship with them. And I was like, God, I wish I could understand this in any way. Oh, my like, God, I know. more about these fucking animals than you have any other detail in this book. Like, Grace, it was, like it was a such chapter. a joke that you just like have never had an animal. I know. I feel I like, like I don't bring that up enough. I know. There's got to be something it's- wrong with you. <laughs> It makes me seem really callous and and horrible, I think, because I just don't understand. Did I ever tell you that story? I think I did, where me and Zach came back from a party and we were staying at his parents' house because we were house-sitting while they were away. And he was, like, wanting to sleep in the room with his dogs because they're, like, his family dogs. And I was like, Zach, they're really loud and, like, it, like, drives me crazy while I'm sleeping because they, like, snore and stuff. I was like, I'd rather sleep on the couch than sleep with them in the room. And he was like, oh, okay. And he just picked up the dogs and took them to bed. Yeah, it is and the most funny out. thing I've ever heard. You're and like, I, I didn't I actually mean I would rather sleep on the break. couch. You mean, like, please do not have the dogs in the room. Yes. And he was like, oh, cool. And just took them. And, and I was literally laid, like straight out, like in a straight jacket, like shivering on the couch with a blanket on. And I was like, I am going to break up with him in the morning. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And wasn't there a spear beard? <laughs> yeah. He came down at 5 a.m. and he was like, he was like, I feel really bad. I shouldn't have done that. Like, I just love them so much. He was like, at least sleep in the spare bed. I was like, what? <laughs> and there was a spare bedroom that he just forgot. I feel like Anton didn't, um, like, understand my obsession with Frankie at first. But then, like, after over the years, he just got, like, super obsessed with her as well. Yeah. I need to have a pet so I can understand it. I'm very... Like, I think a lot of people would hear me saying that about the dogs and be like, that's really horrible. No, I don't think so. Like, I I yeah. feel like I'd be the same if they were, like, not my dogs and they fucking snored and were, like, all over the bed and annoying. Yeah. I wouldn't be the same, but, like, other people would be. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, stop lying to make me feel better. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, such a psycho in LA. I'm just, like, finding friends with dogs. 
I know. It's I have a real thing at the moment for those little sausage dogs. You can walk. Um, oh, I don't like sausage dogs. They're so cute. I've seen like four puppy ones that are like the size of my index finger. They're so small and they're so fucking cute. You can walk. Um, what is it? You can walk like, I think it's, it's either guide dogs or like rescue dogs up Runyon Canyon. Aww. Yeah, so I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So nice. Okay, and then the other thing I read was called Little Birds by, I don't know how to say her name, Anais Nin, hmm. A-N-A-I-S. I'd read that it was like a classic and had neglected to read that it was a book of erotica, so I started reading it on the plane and was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading like, porn. It's full pornographic, but like. She was in Paris in the 20s or, oh no, like the 40s maybe, 30s and 40s, and wrote – she's like a quite well-respected writer, but apparently all the stuff she's famous for is writing is erotica and people loved it because it was like erotic, erotic, erotic writing through the female gaze and about the female experience of pleasure and all this stuff. But there's like a lot of questionable ethics in there. Ooh. Yeah, like it's very – it hasn't aged well. Like there's a lot of awkward references to like the Orientals and like – Oh, my God. And, yeah, I was just reading it and I was like, am I – Anton? <laughs> I was like, is this okay to read? Like it was like a Penguin classic. And then there's one about this girl who's like 15 and comes to Paris and just starts having sex with 40-year-old men. And I was like, this is all just so much to deal wow. with. Wow. But it's really short. It's like 130 pages, so I just ripped through it um, to get it over with. Is that a recommendation or not? <laughs> I mean, kind of. I feel like it's one of those things that's it's like a good cultural reference to have. Like I, I'm glad that I've read it so I get her and get why mm. people talk about her and care about her. But it's just super horny. Like it's really <laughs> – I feel like so awkward when you're on a plane and anything like that happens. Like when I was watching Fleabag, I just like, I was like, oh my God. I know you feel like a sex pervert. And yeah. that whenever someone came past to ask me if I like wanted a drink or something, I would like slam it shut. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, with Fleabag, it was on my laptop. I'd like pulled it out and had it like half open. <laughs> and then we're just watching like crazy sex scenes. And it's funny how you do well, – that's what – because I was talking to my dad because I'm he lives in London and I'm staying with him tonight um, the last two nights. And I was like, oh, my God, we should watch Fleabag. It's like the best show. I can't no. believe you haven't – and then I was like, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even the first scene yeah. is just insane. Wait, there is no way in hell that you're watching that with your dad. I know. I was like, you watch it in your own time, please, but – and then we'll talk about certain parts of it. Yeah. Um, I – Loved our Facebook group this week because everyone was like getting involved with my crazy recommendations. So we had one person like posting about FKA Twigs and how she was in. <laughs> Where was she? She was like, Why is everyone always on your side? I know. She like, but FKA Twigs went to like one of our listeners' cafes that she worked at and she was just like there oh over my the God. weekend. And she was like, Her skin is perfect. I was like, Thank God you're telling me all of the details. Yeah, please. What did she order? Like, what's yeah, her yeah. coffee order? What's her preference? Yeah. And um, she said that, like, they were trying to figure out where to take a good photo. And she recommended they take it outside, like, in the spot. And then they did it and they posted it. Ugh. Which is, like, legendary. She's basically that's, a creative director for FKA Twigs. That's great content. I love that. Yeah. And then um, other people were sharing Phoebe Waller-Bridge stuff. Like, the Vogue yeah. 73 questions of hers. 
Yes, I watched that actually just by coincidence. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. Yeah, it's so good. So good. Except she wears a beret, which kind of drove me insane. Hate berets. I know. I'm just like, no one should wear a beret, but you especially shouldn't if you're a playwright. Yes. Yeah. The only person that can wear a beret and get away with it, but like not even, is Bella Hadid. And it looks bad, but she's just a supermodel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was the only thing. Everything else about it was amazing and perfect. There's a bit in it, I'm pretty sure, where a fan, like a fan genuinely stops her on the street and is like, I love Fleabag. And she's like, thank you. And she looks at the 73 questions guy, like she widens her eyes to be like, oh, is this fucked now? But he just keeps going. And it's like really funny because she's just like, uh... God, I just like was like losing it. I just okay, we need to shut up about it, but I was like losing it laughing in the last few episodes of Fleabag. It's just so season just two. So like I just funny. like the funniest bits are just when she like looks at the camera and does like an eye and I'll just like piss yes. myself. And it's so actually I wanted to that was another recommendation I had. I read a into cover story in the Sunday Times magazine with Andrew Scott who plays the hot priest. Oh my god. And it was really good. Yeah, he's great. So I didn't realize he was in the TV show Sherlock. I like know I his face it. from somewhere, but I haven't seen that. Yeah, show. he's a really respected theater actor, I think, which I get mm-hmm. having watched Fleabag. Um, what was interesting about the story was that they framed it. It's like the headline was "Why I'm Not Playing Straight," and he's gay. And he's recently broken up with his long-term boyfriend, and they were sort of asking him about do you feel pressure to keep quiet about your sexuality because you're scared it will not get you heterosexual parts? And he's kind of like, I don't really know if that's a thing anymore. And then the success of Fleabag kind of proves that, I think. Mm-hmm. But he had, a, he had like some really great quote about why he loves Fleabag because he thinks it represents like messy, complicated relationships that are much more, it's much more healthy for people to get to see relationships that are much more in tune to real life than, neatly tied together romantic stories 100%. i was even like the literally yesterday i'm still watching girls season one and yesterday i was watching the episode where like hannah goes to adam's house like after they've been like sleeping together but they're not actually dating and she goes to his house and she's just like i can't do this anymore like this is so horrible like you don't even like me you don't even treat me with respect and then they just end up sleeping together and i was like this is just yes. so like real and then she like goes to her her house she goes to her parents' house in, like, Michigan or wherever. And um, then he just calls her out of the blue. And then they end up, like, chatting for ages. I was like, everyone has that guy. Like, it's just such a, like, it's such a thing that's happened. And then even Marnie and Charlie, how the first episode is Marnie being, like, his touch feels like a creepy uncle. Yes, I know. It's so, so, so good. Um He's, he's – sorry, I was just putting my charger in. No, hold on a second. I was on 12%. Yeah, like how Marnie's like his touch feels like a creepy uncle. I was like – it's just, I know. It's just so much more relatable. Exactly. And he actually says – the line that he says is, I think it's much more dangerous to have a soppy saccharine kind of romantic relationship. I don't see how that's of benefit to society. <laughs> yes. And he said, I think the representation of mess and who we actually are is really important in art. So I think that's yeah. It's the same with girls. It makes you feel less shit about your complicated relationships because the things that we see, there's like this argument that I guess TV or films or whatever are for escapism to see nice love stories, but then it ends up kind of just making you always feel like whatever you're doing in a relationship is wrong or bad or mm. not right. 
I started watching Crashing as well, and it's really good. Is it? Oh, yeah. uh, that's next next on the list. I have a funny one that one of my friends um, sent to me um, on Instagram, and it's a passionate breakdown of Justin Bieber's style phases. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know how he just like wears the fucking weirdest shit, mm. um, like the slippers with the socks, and then he'll wear yeah. like those like vacation dad Hawaiian shirts. Yes, yes. And so they went through and um, like labeled them all. And it's like he dresses like a stick of butter sometimes. So it's like 50 <laughs> shades of beige. And then it's like vacation dad after 1.5 pina coladas. Um, totally Kyle of the Amanda show when he's like all in like tie dye. Yes. Um, a cucumber flavored jewel pod. <laughs> and the physical embodiment of Wonderwall by Oasis and that's when he's wearing his like slippers that's on Man that's Repeller I put it in oh, our Facebook that. group but it's so good and then um, another thing that was also recommended in our Facebook group I ha- cannot get enough of it this week is um, a piece on wellness which is on the New York Times And oh yeah I did read that I saw it but yeah, I didn't read it so it kind of is like pretty much what we were saying in our wellness episode, but it like just sums it up really well. Um, did they give us a hat tip? Yeah, I know. I'm like, Where did, you, did you get all this from After It Drinks podcast? New York Times, please refer to your sources. Um, and it is written by Jessica Knoll. Um, and she's quickly being like, just thin is healthy and healthy is thin. And then it's just all about like, we basically package wellness up and say that it's all about like, I don't know, feeling good and feeling healthy, but it is about like just being thin, essentially. It's like it's like a rebrand of diet culture. Yeah, um, because diet culture makes a shitload of money. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like that was a really good piece, and for anyone who hasn't listened to our wellness app, we go over it in depth there. Yep. What Back else? I feel app. like I haven't listened to anything else. I've just been like. Again, watching shit that I've watched a thousand times before. I watched Bohemian Rhapsody again. Really? Mm-hmm. You know my feelings on that. Oh, yeah, you hated it, huh? <laughs> I didn't hate it. I just don't get why it got so much hype. Yeah, I feel that. It wasn't that good when I watched it the second time. Yeah, like it's fine. It, it's fine if it wasn't nominated for like nine Oscars. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's kind of like a mid-year random movie, like, like that Rocket Man movie, just fun, like – just a movie that exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? We're such People movie like, critics. It's the best movie I've ever fucking seen. I'm like, what? Yeah. Have you seen Rocket Man? No. <laughs> Neither. I had tickets to the premiere, but I was too um, sick. Sinus sick. Yeah. Wait, what did you tell me just before? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Before we started recording? <laughs> Please, no. Go. So Izzy was like, your voice is sounding a bit different. And I think it kind of is, sort of is, starting to. And then she was like, can you smell things now? And I was saying that all I can smell at all times is the smell of a wet dog. It's so funny. <laughs> and now I'm panicked that I that's just my natural scent that I'm smelling for the first time because it's just everywhere. It's like every room I go into, everywhere I go. It's like it's this overwhelming Wet dog smell. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said that conscious of it. You would tell me if I secretly always smelt like a 
A dog. Dog. Yeah. 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 Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I've been finding it increasingly hard to get out of bed in the morning. That's because you're freelance now and there's basically no need for you to. I know. I keep setting my alarm for 7am and then just turning it back off. I'm so jealous. I also think these attitude sheets are a part of the problem. I know. They're so damn comfy. And there's such a huge focus on sustainable clothing at the moment, but I feel like it's so important to look for ethical brands all across the board. Yeah, so Attitude uses bamboo for their sheets, which is one of the most sustainable textile materials out there. Yeah, they consume one-tenth of the water that normal cotton sheets do. Which is so good. And they're, like, ridiculously comfy. I'm all about a very chic-looking bed. I know, you have, like, 15 pillows. (laughs) I know. (laughs) If you want to sleep in the world's softest sheets that are also good for the earth, head to attitude.com.au and for 15% off your first order, enter Afterwork Drinks or one word at the checkout. Thank you very much to Etitude for sponsoring this episode of After Work Drinks. After listening back to Phoebe Waller-Bridge's episode on How to Fail, the podcast with Elizabeth Day, um, which is really good if you haven't listened to it, it's so funny. Um... I started like thinking more and more about like failure and I've actually read Elizabeth Day's book, How to Fail as well, which she released earlier this year. Um, And just about how like in this day and age, it's funny because like back in the old days, people would just like try things and they just wouldn't work and they'd be like, okay, cool, whatever, try Mm. that like next. And then with social media and the rise of the internet and like everyone knowing what everyone's doing, people have just sort of like, people just won't try things for fear of failure and for fear that people are going to know that they tried and they failed. But I feel Mm. like in like the past year, it's sort of, there's been like this dialogue opening up about failure and about how like success doesn't come so easily to, to like most people to like 80% of the population, like people try things and fail, but it's like, it's just funny to think that like for us, it's just such a normal thing to think of all of the, the things that could come out of us trying something and failing, all of the people that would know about it, all of the, like, I don't know, we'd feel embarrassed. Like, it would be all over social media. We'd have to explain it to people because everyone would know. But, like, back then it just didn't even, wouldn't have even crossed anyone's minds. They would have just been like, sweet, I'm going to open this business. And, like, four yeah, people would know. Yeah, I think as well there's an element of it being a gender thing in the sense of, 
there's so much pressure on women now to be girl bosses and successful in the workplace and kicking goals and achieving things and pushing down doors. And I think with that has become this, this pressure almost to be amazing in every single facet of your life at all times. And Mm. you just don't get, like I've always loved Brie Larson because I think she has said, I, I don't even, I don't even think I've watched many interviews with her, but I feel every interview I've watched with her, she spends, a lot of time talking about how she spent, I don't know, eight years or nine years in Hollywood getting rejected for every single casting she went to and being told no, 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 like 50 times. Mm, it's like Meryl Streep. Yeah, and then she got room or whatever it was and then exploded and now she's in everything. But she was like, I didn't – it wasn't a case of I'm so successful and therefore obviously I was always going to be famous. It was a case of I became very, very close to never, ever being successful or famous and it was just a kind of lucky turn of events that that changed. Yeah, I love that. I don't feel like you get as much dialogue in the world of business and politics and even in entertainment around women saying, no, I don't want to blame women, it's around everyone, but I think because we want to put women on this pedestal of achievement, we've now sort of subconsciously made it a taboo to talk about. How, like, all of the muck-ups you had beforehand. Yeah, totally. Or the fact that success sometimes is, you know, there was that book that Jamila Ravisi wrote about, it was called Not Lucky or something, and it was about how women always say that the reason they got things that they got was luck and and men never say that and how women need to stop saying that. Mm. But I almost... When I read it, I was like, I feel like men just should say that and not that women should stop saying it because it's just honest. Yeah, because it is luck most of the time. Like it's like luck of being in the right place in the right time or lack of like knowing the right person in the right place. Like I feel like the only – I feel like not the only reason, of course. Like I work really hard. But one of the big reasons I got to where I am today is because I knew people in like the right places. Like I had friends who – when I got my first job at Remix in New Zealand – the reason I got that, the reason I even got an interview for that job was because my housemate and my really good friend was friends with the editor. Mm. Or like he was like the deputy editor at the time. And so that's like how yeah. I got an interview for my first job. And it's like so, so, so many people wouldn't have had that foot in the door and wouldn't 100%. have had that opportunity. And I feel like people just don't know. Like I probably haven't told enough people that. And like, although like when interns or whoever always ask me, like what they can do. I always do say that it's like about knowing the right people. It's about kind of like not so much like networking and I don't know, being being fake or whatever, but just being like it's so much about being in the right place in the right time and it's like who you know and it's funny. Like and then even when I moved to Australia. And the thing is as well, people don't – that doesn't mean that you're not talented and didn't work really hard and didn't – strive to achieve all the things that you achieved or that you're acting like they were just handed to you it's like just being honest about there being always a combination of luck and good timing with hard work and putting in the hard graft and all that other stuff on the side like that's kind of just a base level yeah and I feel like it's it's kind of the exact same thing with like people who come from privilege and who start their own businesses or who I don't know yeah manage to like or whose parents help them out like with a loan to start their first business it's like that doesn't make it any less your business and that doesn't make you any less successful like you've built something that has actually worked and like you've been able to I read this really good article and it was all about like all of these women being like 
my parents gave me a $20,000 loan to start this business and I paid them back within six weeks. And it's like, that's obviously yeah. like a great success and you've paid them back yeah, and, and now you're making stories where people's parents gave them $20,000 loans and they ran it into the ground and the business closed. Like it's, you're still an impressive business person for turning that around, but yeah, exactly. not acknowledging like, what a leg up that is, is setting other people up to feel shit about themselves unnecessarily. Yeah. I think that's the other thing. I think that like, it's so important to be open about that. Like, even if it does make you feel weird because like so many other people won't realize that. Like so, 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 so many successful women or pe- like people in general, obviously people in general, um, have had help from like parents or family members or like, you know, they were born into a family and inherited a company. But then like, yeah, you can fuck around and like chuck bass, like run it into the ground or you can mm. do really well. <laughs> but I just feel like there needs to be more of an open. It's like when celebrity kids talk about acting or modeling or anything like that where they say in interviews oh I get really frustrated when people bring up my parentage because you know if anything that was more of a um obstacle to my success than a foot in the door kind <laughs> of thing and it's from Kendall most, yeah it's just the most ridiculous frustrating thing for people to say because it's like working hard and being talented and having a foot in the door through your celebrity parents, those things aren't mutually exclusive. Like there are people who have celebrity parents who've gone to acting auditions and just not got them. Mm. Like they got the audition because they were famous but didn't get the role because they were shit. Like exactly being so sensitive about anything scratching how legitimate your work ethic is, I think it's – a really bad thing we've just got into the habit of accepting. Yeah. And then I also think that like, I quite love Elizabeth Day's podcast because so what she'll do is she'll get like successful women on and then they go through their biggest failures in life and talk through how it's like changed them as people. And I feel like if we didn't allow ourselves like room to fail, then how we will never get like to the best part of our like, career or our lives. Like if you don't take those risks because you're too scared. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we've talked about this before, how me and you are averse to anything that we don't already know yeah. that we're really, really good at because yeah. we're terrified. Like I'm terrified of failure. I didn't realize that about myself until recently, yeah. but I feel like I have all these aspirations in my life that I just haven't tried to do or have tried to do, but kind of fallen through doing it. Or, you know, I've wanted to write like screenwriting. Obviously I went to film school last year for ages. And when I went, when I was 20, I went to UCLA summer school for two months. That's where I met Zach. Mm. And I did, I enrolled for a course there and it was um, comedy writing for TV. And it was like, I don't know. I still don't know to this day how I got into it because it was like 10 people and they were all in their 30s and 40s and had been comedy writing for years. Oh, my God. The lecturers were like ex-Simpsons staff writers. What the fuck? You've never told me this. Yeah, and I was like this little like Aussie dipshit who just walked in and was like, hey, oh, my God. I didn't even know how to format a script. The first class that I went into, they're like, okay, this is the first class. We're only here for 12 weeks or whatever it was or like 10 weeks. Um, I want you to pitch me three different comedy sitcom ideas. Go. And we just had to go around the room and, like, make up ideas. And then the next class we had to have written the first, like, 
10 pages of a pilot episode. I didn't even know how to format a script. So I did it in Microsoft Word and like guessed at it and everything was wrong. It was like <laughs> in the wrong font. It was all yeah. spaced. Yeah, they were like, and everyone read it because we had to email it around to each other before. And there was like this awkward silence before my feedback. And everyone was like, what's up with this? Like, oh my what, God. What program did you use? Like, why does it look this way? this is wrong, use Celtics. Like, it was just insane. And I remember going into every class and feeling like I wanted to throw up because I was so out of my depth and, like, behind everyone else and couldn't – I just couldn't keep up. Like, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that's such a horrible feeling. But it ended up being one of the best experiences of my whole life because by the end, like, if I could go into one class and get a laugh of one thing I'd written on a script, it was the most incredible, amazing feeling. You know what I mean? So good. And I – I did, but I just like it wasn't like what I wrote was fucking terrible. Like I was by far one of the worst people in there. Like yeah. the whole thing was like quite traumatic at the time. Yeah, but I think it's a good example of like it's the only time I can think of in recent memory of being like really pushed out of my comfort zone on something. In the main, I just don't do it. I just do things that I know that I can do well and like. The fear of putting something out there and not getting the reaction you want or not getting the thing you want or not getting the feedback you want is so crippling that it could just stop you from doing something for your entire life. Mm, I know. I feel like – I actually read a really good Ask Polly on this, I've just realized, on the card. Yeah. About fear of failure. And she was like, when you're freaking out about failure, I want you to just imagine the worst-case scenario. Like imagine if you write something – and every single person who reads it is like, this is the worst thing I've ever read. None of this is funny. This is fucking terrible. The person who wrote this is an idiot. Because the girl who wrote in wanted to write a blog. Mm, that's she was right. Like, I've read that too. Yeah. And then she's like, when I read that, I was like, oh. Because when you imagine that, you're like, well, obviously that won't happen. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what um, my psych said about anxiety. She was just like, imagine the wor- the, the worst thing that could happen. And then you just, like, know it's not going to happen. Like, I always used to be, like, this is such a morbid thing, but I always used to be, like, Frankie's been hit by a car, my cat. And I'd be, like, running home from work. It was so weird. I'd literally be, like, I have to get home now. And, like, how am I going to get her in an Uber? Like, when she's, like, like, I won't be able to drive. And then my son was just, like, she was, like, just stop, like, when you think like that and just be, like, has that happened? And it's, like, no. (laughs) Is that likely to happen? But, yeah, I think um, there was another podcast I listened to. It's called Unfuck Your Brain, um, mm-hmm. and it's really good. I listened to the episode about rejection in dating, and she was like, what if you uh, heard a study that said the average woman is dumped nine times before she meets her husband? Like, if you heard that, then you would take being rejected as being a step on the way to finding the person you're meant to be with. Rather than a reflection on you. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. And because you like going through all those people, it's like then you work out exactly what you want. Like I've always thought like that with relationships. Yeah, I but, never thought like that. I'd be like, oh, this is just another sign that I'm like a terrible, unlovable loser. You know what I mean? Instead of being like, oh, that's just another person on the road to the right person that wasn't quite right. Yeah. Exactly. But it relates to failure, I think, in the way of like if you think – she said try think about it if as if every single female CEO said to you, oh, I got rejected for 11 jobs before I got this job, then you'd view every rejection in your working process as being just a step to you getting what you want instead of – it sounds a bit like woo-woo and American and 
very LA. But <laughs> I, I kind of it's that idea of like reframing failure as just a necessary step. Totally. I feel like, yeah, with relationships, I've always been like, oh, you know, like it just like wasn't right. But with jobs, it's like so, so hard because I feel like with jobs, and it's actually how I felt about this house. Like when you get something in your head and you're like, I need this. This is exactly what will make my life better. You can just imagine yourself in that position and like your mm. whole life changes in your head and then you don't get it. And it's like so hard. But I like the other day, I'd like, I was going through my computer when I was moving here I think actually one of my friends was like, can you send me your CV so I can like copy the format or whatever. And I was like going through like all these old cover letters and I was like, I've written like 30 cover letters for like all these Mm. random jobs that I never got that I like can't even remember applying for. Like I just forgotten that they even existed. Yeah, same. I there must there's been like you know with me there been like five or six jobs that I've gone for and gotten really close to getting and then not got at the last yeah. minute and been really devo about. Yeah. And the thing is, we just I guess wouldn't talk about that on a, the podcast because it at the time seems weird to be like, "Hi, any news?" Yes, I didn't get a job that I wanted today. Yeah, but exactly. like those things, every single great job that we've gotten has come in the context of five or six other jobs that we really wanted and didn't get or yeah. nearly got and then had to wait. Like, like my current job that I love, I nearly got like a year before and then it didn't work out. And mm. then a year later it worked out. You yeah. know what I mean? And the I feel like, like And at the time out, I was like... so devastated and then, you know, you've just got to have a bit of patience. I feel like it all works out exactly how it's meant to be as well. Like I was like mm-hmm. – I was even – I mean it's less of a like failure but like when I was coming here – I thought I was going to be staying with one of my friends and then she's like, oh, fuck, like our spare room, like my, I don't know, her spare room was like people were staying in already. And so then I was like, okay. And I was looking at all these like sublets for like two, three months on this Facebook group and everyone I messaged, I'd send this huge big message about myself. I'd message them straight away. I was like trying so hard and I was feeling so stressed out about it. And every single one, I just like, they'd reply and be like, sorry, someone's taken it. And or like, I don't know they just ignore me completely and I was like this is so stressful and this is so hard and I'm like never gonna get a good place and I'm gonna be end up like I really wanted to live in West Hollywood and I really wanted to live with girls and I was like oh I'm just gonna be in like the middle of nowhere with like random guys who are probably gonna kill me and it's just like (laughs) I'm not gonna be able to get anywhere and then like right literally as I was on the train to Heathrow like I was like on the train to, to Heathrow airport to get on a plane to fly here the girls for this house were like you've got the house yeah amazing like, well, that was fucking stressful but thank you i know <laughs> i thought yeah. they ghosted me for like three days and i went out in a pub on in london on like the saturday night and was like the americans have ghosted me and all my friends were like <laughs> we need to craft like a like witty like r- like message to them before we block them <laughs> like as if i was dating oh my them. god yeah thank god i didn't do that drunk i'm trying to think of what my failures would be for Elizabeth Day's podcast if she interviewed us. What do you think yours would be? Oh, um, I don't know. Like, weirdly, like, I know this is, like, the stupidest thing ever because I think I was, like, laughing at Pandora Sykes. When I was just about to say that. I was, like, we made fun of her saying it was something from, like, high school. And yeah. That's, but, like, what I can think of as well. Yeah, but, like, like the first thing that pops into my head is that time that I got kicked out of my friend's um, – when I got kicked out of my friend's dance group, <laughs> which is so stupid because it's not even a big failure. It just like popped into my head. <laughs> I think early rejections always cut the deepest. Yeah. And then 
Um, oh God, I can't think. What like what's one of yours? I think I think film school last year felt like a failure because I really wanted to write something I was really proud of, and then the finished product I really hated and still hate. But I think that's I think that's actually quite normal. I think the reason I put off writing something for so long is because I was like, unless this is literally wins me an Oscar at twenty seven, I'm not interested. And it was very good to like get things on the page and just work through that process of learning to be okay with something not being perfect the first time around. Yeah. Shit, I want to think of a bit of failure. Then the dance recital. Yeah, that's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think money is another failure for me. Oh, money is another I, failure yeah, for me. I think, I think getting into – like I got into credit card debt a couple uh, like a year and a half ago to the point where it's it was only like three grand or four grand that it felt like insurmountable all of a sudden I just remember I just remember waking up in the morning and just crying in the shower about it yeah I just felt like such a piece of trash and I was like no one knows about this I haven't told people that I have this credit card like it just felt like this kind of dirty secret and I just felt like so useless as a woman and I had to get and I was like, there's just no way I'm ever going to be able to pay it off because I felt like I just kept transferring money onto it and it was just the same Yeah, deficit. like interest. Like, yeah. I feel like I transferred half my salary onto it every single fortnight and it still was the same negative amount every single week. Mm. And it just felt like I'm never going to make enough to pay this off in one go and like totally freaked myself out about it and then just felt like a trash human. Yeah, I feel like money's, yeah, money's another one of my failures as well. It's just like an ongoing failure. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like reticent to say that because it's, yeah, it's still. <laughs> but it was even literally me last night. I was like, okay, I fucking have to start living here. Like, I have to stop thinking that I'm on holiday. I've only been in LA yeah. for a week, so I think it's like kind of fine, like a week tomorrow. Yeah. But I was like, I need to, like, every single time I go out for drinks, I'm getting like margaritas, which I would never drink in Sydney because they're too expensive. But mm. instead, I drink them here, which is like so bad with the exchange rate that they end up being like $35 a drink. <laughs> It's crazy. They literally are. And then you yeah. tip. And then I'm like just living here like that. And I was like, dude, I just have to stop doing this because like you're just going to end up stressing yourself out so much. Mm. Yeah. Um. So ongoing, but it's An fine. ongoing failure. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Um, What's like a positive way we can wrap this up? I know. Send us your failures, everyone. Yeah, so actually we should just start an open thread. I feel like there are some failures that we probably wouldn't like want to share on a podcast, but like I feel like you don't have to say every bad thing that's happened. Yeah, I feel like in our but After like, Work Drinks podcast group, maybe we'll ask people and then we can share them next week. Yeah, if you just put together, because I think that it makes people, it makes you feel better when you hear about other people. So that's why How to Fail is such a genius podcast because you, you listen to people talking about it and they're really successful people who you admire and they went through things sometimes where a lot of other people would just give up or not bounce back or, mm. you know. Yeah. But instead they just, you, I just think it reminds you to put everything in context when things don't go your way. I love that. I feel like we should have thought of that for this week, but we'll do it for next week as like a wrap up of this week's yeah. topic. Yes, yeah, share your failures, please. Yay. Um, oh, my third failure is um, basketball tournament. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, sport is my failure. Sport, money, like life. Any sort of sport, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, sport, money, and then, yeah, occasionally work. Yeah, and dancing. And dancing. It's actually it's such an unfair punishment from God that we both love dancing so much, but we're not given the gift of <laughs> I know. It's so <laughs> weird how much we both love it. I love it. I Googled the other day adult dance class, Sydney. Yeah. So I, was like, I always think that I want to start dancing. dancing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to come to LA and we're just going to become like fucking backup dancers for Beyonce or something. My final recommendation off the back of that is I'm going to get this out really quickly before you like mute my microphone. Um, If you go to FKA Twigs' Instagram page and in her bio is her learning how to pole dance for a year and it's so good. Okay. Yeah. That's enough out of you. (laughs) Okay. Let's. Wrap this one up because you've got to go get ready to hang out with Kate Middleton and I've got to get ready yes. for the Hollywood Farmer's Market. Oh, my God. Look at us go. I know. So cultural. Um, please rate, review, subscribe as per. We haven't had any new ones this week, so whoever does it wins something. Yeah. Wins 50 bucks transferred by us on PayPal. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> wins that nothing. was a joke. Yeah, literally nothing. Um. Yeah. And we With will our love and respect. Yes. We will see you this time next week. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. You did something wrong.